On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks return to action for the first time following the NHL All-Star break last night against the Minnesota Wild, but I almost wish they hadn't because it was another lackluster offensive effort. The game didn't end until after 11 p.m. Central Time, and it was kind of a waste of another spectacular performance from goaltender Peter Morazic. I'll be getting into all of that, plus the official announcement that Wrigley Field will be hosting the 2025 Winter Classic right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And make sure to also go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also per usual, just a quick reminder to everyone watching this right now out there on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that like button, comment down below and subscribe for Celebrini. That's the new motto going on around here. And if you're a regular audio listener of the show, make sure to go and rate and review as well. And I also got to let you know, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by the Sleeper app, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. And right now, if you use the promo code NHL in all caps, then you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. All right, good morning, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Happy Thursday, everyone. Hope everyone's day is off to a good start thus far. Also, before I kind of dive into the nitty-gritty here of today's episode, uh, I do want to let you all know that I have a new microphone, kind of got some new technology going on. I know the audio quality wasn't great yesterday. That was actually... Before I got this new microphone, I was using just a a backup that I had, and there have been a lot of audio problems that I have been dealing with recently. Uh, I've been to Best Buy probably eight to ten times in the last couple of months. I finally just said, screw it. Went with a microphone that I knew was going to work, uh, purchased that off Amazon, but still tinkering with it a little bit. So if I'm too loud or too quiet on today's episode, I apologize, but please just work with me and bear with me through these first couple of days as I'm trying to get settled with this new bit of technology. But anyways, getting into the good stuff here, the reason why you all came to tune into the show is the Chicago Blackhawks played in their first game following the 2024 NHL All-Star break last night. And I think it was uh, both a much-needed break for the Blackhawks players, certainly with how banged up this Blackhawks team had been over the last couple of months. And also for all of us fans who have consistently tuned into this team. I'm right there with you. I feel all the struggles and through everything that we've had to endure as fans through the first half of the regular season, I think this uh, near two-week pause was much needed for all of us as well. Unfortunately, though, the Blackhawks' uh, near two-week break didn't really do them all that good in terms of kind of changing the tides of how things were going before the NHL All-Star break because the offensive woes just continue to plague this team. And 
Uh, last night was really no different. It felt like more of the same that we have seen in really the past few weeks since Connor Bedard has been out of the lineup. This team just struggles so much to score goals, and it's gotten to the point, Blackhawks fans, where it feels like we're kind of lucky when the Blackhawks put one in the back of the net because they had been shut out um, in three of their final four games before the All-Star break. Poor Peter Morazic, who was in net again last night. I'll be talking about him a little bit more in segment two. Uh, he was in net for all three of those shutouts in the week before the All-Star break, so we got a whopping zero goals of support from the Blackhawks despite uh, putting up some pretty solid performances himself. But yeah, it just felt like more of the same out of the Chicago Blackhawks last night. But what was really disappointing to me was the effort that they came with right out of the gate. And what was kind of funny was this game was on TNT last night, which by the way, was a train wreck. The puck drop wasn't until 8.52 PM central time on a weekday, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, especially if, you know, the intention is to, I'm sure when they scheduled this game, Connor Bedard was, you know, the reason why they wanted to have this game on TNT, you would think you'd want to market him to people who would actually stay up and watch this in the Chicagoland area. It didn't make any sense, but the Blackhawks in the opening 20 minutes only mustered up a whopping one shot on goal. And that came from Nick Felino on just a little dump in from center ice. So the Blackhawks literally had nothing going on in the opening 20 minutes. They surrendered the first goal of the game. I will say, you know, they showed a little bit of a, a sense of urgency there in the middle frame, and that's probably when they did their best work as a whole. In my opinion, in this contest, they managed to uh, tie things up with a goal from Nick Felino. Beautiful play from Philip Kurashev there on that little odd man rush to kind of stick with it and display the hands that he's got as well and get that puck over to Felino. His 10th tuck of the season, that's actually how many he had in 60 games last year with the Boston Bruins, took him only 44 this season with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's been a, a great addition, not a guy who's really been inside the top six the last few years, but the Blackhawks have needed him to fill into that role so far this year, and he's been really solid. But like I said, all the Hawks were able to muster up. Uh, they did, though have it tied one-to-one -one going into the third period, but um, yeah, just couldn't really do much offensively. Didn't have that many high danger chances. Uh, it, it really wasn't pretty. And uh, when you can't score goals like that, it feels like the defensive breakdowns and look, the Blackhawks have been playing some pretty solid defensive hockey for like, the last month, the last month plus now, but when you can't score goals, it kind of magnifies those issues uh, a little bit more. And the first goal of the game for uh, the Wild last night was kind of just a weird play from defenseman Kevin Korchinski, a 19-year-old play, I would say, in the NHL as the puck was dumped into the Blackhawks zone. It kind of took a little bit of an odd route to go and retrieve that puck and for some reason went tried to go behind the far side of the net. Um that led to the Wild having way too much room in the center part of the ice and with the puck. Uh, Lucas Reichel had to kind of go and cover the low slot area to uh, protect from that open space, and that allowed the high slot to be open for Lucchini. That put the Wild ahead one to nothing. And then in the third period, the defensive blunder, uh, Jared Tenorti and Isaac Phillips, man, that, that deep pairing has not been very good together uh, when they've been out there this season. But Luke Richardson really just doesn't have many other options right now because Connor Murphy and Nikita Zaitsev are still out of the lineup. The hope is that Connor Murphy will be able to return here soon, maybe even tomorrow night against the New York Rangers. But uh, Tenorti and Phillips get stuck out there for an extended shift. Tenorti coughs the puck up in the corner. 
Uh, Lucas Reichel fails on a clearing attempt, only had one stick, uh, uh, one hand on the stick, which is a little bit of a learning lesson there for him. The puck stays in the zone, and then Tenorti isn't able to uh, get to the front of the net in time to prevent Marcus Foligno from an easy tap-in goal. I'll give Jared Tenorti credit because he had a real big heavyweight scrap with Marcus Foligno last night, and boy, can that guy take a hit and still dish out some punishment. I love that Jared Tenorti is the feared heavyweight on the Chicago Blackhawks. He knows his job and he does that well, but man, he is such a freaking pylon out there and he just cannot move. Um, Tough sequence for for him winds up leading to the uh, game-winning goal for the Minnesota Wild. Tough sequence for Lucas Reichel as well. And I'll tell you what, the Lucas Reichel debate just continues to go on and on throughout social media. And I've been talking about him, you know, on the show all season long. And it was in my mentions last night. You know, I kind of gave Lucas Reichel a hard time because defensively I thought he was pretty terrible. And while he did have a couple of bursts, we've been seeing that all season long and he's, he's still not making a consistent impact. And if you've been watching the show, you know, I feel like part of that is because he hasn't really been put in an opportunity to succeed. Um, but last night I kind of gave Lucas Reichel some flack on social media and I had people jumping in my comments saying, whoa, 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 he had a good game. His line mates let him down. I get what you're saying out there. He had a couple bursts, but it's still not the consistent play that we need from Lucas Reichel. And it's not every shift, him coming with speed and making things happen in the neutral zone and going the other direction with speed. We're just not seeing it consistently enough. And you got to wonder about where his head and where his confidence is at right now. Um, but as far as whether or not I thought he had a good game last night, no, I didn't think Lucas Reichel had a good game and defensively, he was not very good out there for both of the goals against for the Minnesota wild. Now I'm not saying it was solely his fault for both of them, but he was kind of in those areas on both of Minnesota's goals. And it's just gotten to the time where we need to see the finished product from Luke, Lucas Reichel. We need to see some actual production and Man, he has just been so quiet for far too long. I know this is a debate that's been ongoing, and I'm not ready to quit on Lucas Reichel, and I've been backing him, and he's still only 21 years old. He's a young kid, but this is undoubtedly concerning, and you got to wonder about what the Blackhawks front office are thinking about uh, his future because it looked so bright, you know, this time last year, but man, it's crazy how things can change and, you know, just 11 or, or 12 months down the road. And he really looked like he was capable of being a solid and productive NHL player based on what he did last season. But we have yet to see that at all here in the 2023-2024 campaign. Again, I don't think that's fully on him. I don't think he's being utilized in the proper manner, but at some point in time, he's still got to go out there and do what he's able to do. And we know what the skills that he has, he's capable. We just haven't seen it nearly enough so far this season. So to me personally, a pretty disappointing first game from Lucas Reichel post NHL all-star break. I think this is a really meaningful stretch of hockey coming up for him. And it was kind of unfortunate to see that uh, he didn't get off to the best start, in my opinion, with the performance that he had last night in the Hawks loss to the wild. But, uh, Sound like the offense as a whole has really been much better, right? The Blackhawks have now scored one goal or fewer in eight of their last 11 games. They have, I want to say, five even strength goals in their last eight games. Uh, and they also have 11 goals total in their last 11 games. So it's not like many people uh, have been much better than Lucas Reichel. It is a struggle as a whole for this Blackhawks offense. And that's why I am once again apologizing on behalf of the Chicago Blackhawks to everyone who stayed up last night to watch that game because it was yet another lackluster performance from this team.
All right, there are my quick thoughts on the 2-1 loss last night to the Minnesota Wild. Coming up in just a moment here, I will get into Peter Morazic putting up yet another stupendous effort in net, and Philip Kurashev already tying his previous career high in points. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. I know it's unlikely, but Connor Bedard still could return from his injury and take home the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Austin Matthews could be on his way to potting 60 goals. The Vancouver Canucks could be on their way to winning the President's Trophy, and you could be winning real big alongside all of them by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash in daily contests. And all you have to do is simply select whether studs like Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, or Austin Matthews will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for goals, assists, points, shots, and more in any given game. And again, Sleeper offers 100 times cash payouts, so start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win real big. And right now, you can also go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. Segment two, got to talk for a minute about another sturdy performance from Peter Morazic last night, picking up right where he left off prior to the NHL All-Star break and continuing to make a case that he probably should have been the uh, representative for the Chicago Blackhawks in Toronto during All-Star weekend. Because in my opinion, like Connor, I think this is a little bit more clear now that Connor Bedard has gotten hurt, but so far this season, to me, man, Peter Morazic is the MVP of the Chicago Blackhawks. I do not even want to think about where this team would be without Peter Morazic because, knock on wood, Blackhawks, I don't even want to jinx this, but imagine he he was hurt too, and the Blackhawks were left with Arvid Soderblom and who knows who else, Jackson Stauber. Like, with the offensive woes this Blackhawks team is also having right now, like, not only... This could actually be worse, believe it or not, without Peter Morazic. Like, instead of losing these games three to one or two to one, two to nothing, the Blackhawks could be losing them five or six to one or five or six to nothing without Peter Morazic. Like, even though they are the last place team in the NHL, believe it or not, I really do think it could be uh, absolutely worse without Peter Morazic. And that's why, to me, he's been the MVP of the Blackhawks so far this season. And um, really has just been stellar all year long, but especially since Connor Bedard has uh, been out of the lineup with that fractured jaw, which is rather unfortunate because that's really when the Blackhawks' offensive struggles have been at their worst. Um, and it feels like that's when Peter Morazic has been doing his best work this season. Like the less offensive support that he gets, it feels like the better he plays, which is uh, really unfair for him. But just the way things are going right now for this Blackhawks team. But after another solid performance last night in which Morazic stopped 23 of the 25 shots that he faced, he has now given up just seven goals over his last four starts. These are honestly some kind of breathtaking numbers here, Blackhawks fans. Buckle up. In his last four starts, Peter Morazic has given up only seven goals. And during that stretch, he has faced 118 shots on goal. He stopped 111 of them for a 940 save percentage. But you know what's really sad? The Blackhawks have won zero of those four games where Peter Morazic, he's allowed two goals or fewer in all four of them, only given up seven total in those four games. And the Blackhawks have given him 
one goal of offensive support. One, and it came last night against the Minnesota Wild. Poor Peter Morazic. I, I really wonder what has to be going through his head during these offensive stretches where the Blackhawks seemingly can't do anything. He's gotten one goal of support in his last four games. And as I referenced earlier in the show, he was in net for uh, all three shutouts that the Blackhawks had in the week prior to the NHL All-Star break. So, um, yeah, it is some quite unfortunate timing that Peter Morazic seems to be playing his best hockey right here, right now, when the Blackhawks offensively are playing their worst. And looking at some of his numbers, he's allowed uh, two goals. He's allowed more than two goals just once over his last nine games. And funny enough, that came in a win for the Blackhawks against the New York Islanders. During that nine-game sequence, the Blackhawks have only won twice with Peter Morazic in that. One of them was against the San Jose Sharks, which they only gave him one goal of support officially, which wasn't even at five-on-five, by the way. And then, of course, they go and uh, win that crazy game in like a 13-round shootout because nobody could score for either team. The one time in his last nine games that Peter Morazic has given up more than two goals. He gave up three against the Islanders and the Blackhawks won. Like I said, for whatever reason, it seems like uh, the better he plays, the worse the Blackhawks offense does in, in support. Um, so tough that the Blackhawks couldn't muster up more than one for him last night because uh, Morazic is certainly holding up his end of the bargain right now in net. I also wanted to be sure to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Philip Kershev. I mentioned he had a nifty primary assist on the lone goal of the game for the Blackhawks last night from Nick Foligno, his 10th of the season. With that primary assist, Philip Kurashev has now already tied his previous career high with 25 points as he's now up to eight goals and 17 assists in 44 games so far this season. Those 17 assists are also uh, a new career best already for Philip Kurashev. And last year, when he recorded 25, uh, 25 points, it took him 70 games to do so, despite, like he is right here right now, he was playing in a top six role for basically all of last season as well. And I was kind of underwhelmed with the production that Philip Kershev had last season. And it really left me scratching my face a little bit when I heard general manager Kyle Davidson give him a lot of praise during his exit interview at the end of the year. He was saying like he was really impressed with what he saw out of Philip Kershev. And I don't think I was the only one who took to social media to be like, really? Like for a guy that played a uh, top six minutes, basically all year long to have 25 points in 70 games, you were impressed, but Hey, maybe Kyle Davidson saw something that we didn't. And I got to give Philip Kershev a lot of credit. He has more offensive potential, more offensive potential, potential. I don't know why I couldn't say that. And more uh, offensive skills in his arsenal than I really had envisioned. And he deserves a lot of credit for his uptick in production so far this year. I think the the playmaking, uh, the speed, the hands too, not only just last night, but there have been uh, a few moments this season where Philip Kurashev has displayed some really good hands and some good stick handling. I still don't think he's uh, a top six guy for this Blackhawks team long-term, but uh, Got to give him a lot of credit for making the most of this opportunity right here, right now. I'm sure, you know, that uptick in production is a result of playing with Connor Bedard early on in the season. But even with him out and a slew of other guys out, he's been uh, one of the better offensive players for the Blackhawks during that stretch. So, again, lots of credit to Philip Kurashev for making the most of this chance here. And he's going to shatter uh, all the rest of his previous career highs this season. And I'm super excited to see what it's going to look like when it's all said and done at the end of the year.
All right, that wraps up my thoughts on last night's game against the Minnesota Wild, the first game back for the Blackhawks post-NHL All-Star break. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into all of the details of the 2025 Winter Classic, which will officially be between the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues at historic Wrigley Field. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate out there from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super Bowl bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or maybe even two or three. Because not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, either the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers. Personally, I'm leaning with the 49ers at this point in time. Go and comment down below as to your pick for Super Bowl 58. But you can also bet on which player will score a touchdown, such as Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, how many points will be scored, the over-under, player props, and much, much more. Plus, if you're a new customer, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So go and sign up today and be sure to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. I'm still rusty. To start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, to everyone out there who's still tuned into this point of the episode, make sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe for Celebrini. That's the new motto here on the channel. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today and make sure to subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. All right, segment three. We've heard rumblings of this for the past couple of days now, Blackhawks fans, but yesterday it became officially official. The Chicago Blackhawks are back in the Winter Classic in 2025, and we know they'll be taking on the division rival St. Louis Blues at historic Wrigley Field on January 1st, 2025. It's the second time that Wrigley Field will ever be hosting a Winter Classic with the first coming way back in 2009 against the Detroit Red Wings, if some of you can remember all that long time ago. And funny enough, when I was kind of prepping this episode, uh, I remember exactly where I was when the Blackhawks lost that game to the Detroit Red Wings in 2009. I was absolutely heartbroken, and that was, yeah, that that was the year where uh, they those two teams I want to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me correct, that ended up being the year that those two teams met in the Western Conference final and the Blackhawks just weren't quite ready to slay that dragon yet. Man, I still, uh, I remember uh, Mikhail Samuel, Samuelson, I wanted to say, had the game winner in game four. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name with, with the tap in? Is it Abdelkader? For, was it Darren Helm? 
I forget exactly who. Anyways, I'm, I'm really reminiscent here in the past. Thinking back to uh, who sent the Blackhawks packing in the Western Conference Final way back in 2009. It's okay. We ended up getting our revenge in 2013. 2010 wasn't too bad for the Chicago Blackhawks as well. But uh, Winter Classics, though, <laughs> have not exactly been the best thing for the Chicago Blackhawks as they rock a 1-5-0 record in their six outdoor appearances with losses to the St. Louis Blues at Bush Stadium. That was four to one. The real ugly one was losing to the Minnesota Wild six to one at uh, was that at Target Field? It was it was somewhere outdoor, maybe at U.S. Bank. I can't exactly remember, but that was an absolute slaughter. I remember losing a heartbreaker to the Washington Capitals in the final minutes. Um, they also lost to the Boston Bruins up at Notre Dame, which your boy was lucky enough to be in attendance for. That one was fun, and I remember Brendan Perlini scored a goal during that game for the Blackhawks. Uh, I believe, I don't know if that's still the case, but at the time it was the second most attended game in NHL history. Um, Yeah, I think that, who else did the Blackhawks lose to in Winter Classics? They fortunately beat the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That's their lone win that they have way back in 2014 at Soldier Field. Uh, If you remember that correctly, it was downpouring with snow, a crazy type of atmosphere there. One of my good family friends was in attendance as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm personally excited that the Blackhawks are going to be back in the winter classic. I think it was awesome to have Connor Bedard kind of announce that there at Wrigley field. Obviously the marketability of Connor Bedard is what really puts the Blackhawks back in the spotlight here. And I don't really understand like all of the non Blackhawks fans crying about the Hawks being back in this game. Like, what did you expect? Obviously, we've seen what the NHL has done since Connor Bedard has entered the NHL. They want to put him on the pedestal. They want to put him in the spotlight as much as possible. So I don't see how it was a surprise whatsoever that even though the Blackhawks have already played in six outdoor games in their history, that they're going to be back in one in 2025. The real thing that I think people should have been upset with is who the Blackhawks are playing. And this isn't a knock on the St. Louis Blues. I think um, when these two teams are, you know, good. It's a really fun rivalry to be a part of. And it's the team that I hate the most. And I think that does make sense for a winter classic, but still you, I would have envisioned the NHL putting Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers up there uh, in Wrigley field against Connor Bedard in the Blackhawks, or maybe Austin Matthews in the Toronto Maple Leafs, or even Sidney Crosby in the Pittsburgh Penguins before uh, he winds up. I mean, still feels like he's got a couple years to go, but who knows how many more years Sid has in the gas tank. So that was probably the thing that surprised me the most, but I personally am super stoked to see the Blackhawks back in the Winter Classic. Also, go and comment down below as to your thoughts on the Blackhawks returning to the Winter Classic for the seventh time in their franchise history. I personally love it, but I know not everyone out there feels the same, but I think it's going to be a really fun matchup, really fun atmosphere for sure at Wrigley Field, and there's no way... uh I probably do plan on attending this game, but at the very least, there's no way I'm not in Wrigleyville uh, with multiple beers getting guzzled down. It's going to be a fun day, a fun way to kick off 2025, which is crazy to say we're already closing in on 2025, but there you have it. The Chicago Blackhawks officially back in the winter classic as they'll be taking on the St. Louis Blues January 1st, 2025 at the United Center. All right, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again to everyone for tuning into the show. Be sure to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Go and subscribe for Celebrini, and also make sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and follow me on X at Jack Bushman too, and make sure to also go and give a follow to my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey. 
So that way you can get all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, everyone, enjoy the rest of your Thursdays. That's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.